My name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor here at Crossbridge and the resident boomer. And to my right, is it your, is it on the camera? Is it their left? I don't know. I am on their left. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, this is Jordan, and he's the online pastor <laughs> and our re- one of our resident millennials. You can tell we are geographically challenged. We are definitely geographically but, challenged. But hey, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode five of season three. We have talked about. I can't about... keep that straight. That's why I didn't say it. I know. And that's I didn't okay. want to glance down at the notes. That's okay. I wanted, it would have been to, I wanted to do it for all of our podcast listeners so that they know, oh, I'm listening in order. There you go. Because the people here don't really, you know, yeah. keep track of that. But hey, on this podcast, we have talked about some awesome stuff. First couple of episodes, we did cancel culture. We talked about marriage, divorce, sex. Um, and that was then, a big topic, that one. That was a big one. Yeah, that, that, one that one went over very well. Yeah, it was really good, especially <laughs> because our past the mic. Um, so marriage, social justice was the third episode. Then our fourth episode, we did pass the mic where we basically pulled in a bunch of questions from you, our viewers, our email list, everything. What questions do you have about the first three episodes? And then we spent all of last, um, episode walking through those questions today, season five, we are talking about mental health. Um, we wanted to do this strategically right when seasonal depression starts, daylight savings hits and it gets dark at five o'clock and the weather turns pooey and the sun goes away and all of a sudden, that's the thing that's so depressing is the sun going away. Oh yeah. When you get off work right away. Were you around when Bruce used to have his happy light? Yeah. He (laughs) will I think he still does. Don't you, you still have it at your home? Do you not have it at your home office? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, tonight <laughs> we're talking about mental health, and here's a couple of things. We have talked about this topic I've appreciated very often. Yeah. It's something that's become a part of our culture almost, where we've ingrained it in loneliness. We've talked about it, and you've really um, – this is one of those areas that you've grown so much in and just understanding, education, learning. Right, because it's one of those areas that honestly I would say that m- – a lot of our generation, my generation would say, seriously, we're talking about mental health again. Right. And, and I think what's, what's brought me over to, to, you know, understanding the cookie side, we've got the cookies. It's just the stats, (laughs) right? You know, the stats of, of what's happening in the younger generations and and mental health is is astounding to Mm me. And, Obviously, we need to talk about it because of that. Yeah, and so we've done an entire sermon series on it. Actually, last November, we did a four-week series on right. mental health. We've done multiple generationally speaking episodes throughout the years, on, focusing on different things. Tonight, because we have talked about it before, trying to have a different approach, what we're going to be looking at is we're going to look at all data post-COVID-19. Yeah, right. Okay, so it's 2020 and 2021. Then we're going to look at... Um, why mental health has mental health struggles have increased, not just for younger generations, but for all generations since COVID-19. Right. And then what we're going to do is something unique is, um, talking about, uh, two questions that we actually received from our email list. Um, it was something unique where I sent out an email yesterday and just said, Hey, we're going to save some time for one or two of your questions. So that, you know, we're not just kind of beating the same apple or head on the horse or whatever, yeah. you know, the saying is. And so we can you know see what are people you know, wondering. And He's so, such a millennial. Uh, that is, uh, <laughs> you know, what we're going to look at. So, Brad. Yeah. Why don't you do us the honors? And do some, and do some of the stats. Uh, one thing real quick. Okay. Okay. If you are in the chat and you do have a question or a thought yes. or an idea, please have the courage to share. Absolutely. Um, Bruce is running the chat. He, if he has some time, he'll respond back. But then if we have some time and we see your comment, 
um, we'd love to talk about as well. Right. So Cool. Very so, good. yeah, Brad, why don't you read some stats for us? Here we go. 70% of boomers say that their mental health is good or excellent. And this, this is, is from October. October of 2021. This is four weeks ago. Four weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so boomers are faring fairly well at this point. Yep. Okay. Um, this was kind of shocking to me. Me too. 51% of Gen Xers say their mental health is good or excellent. Yeah. I expected that to be a lot higher. Yeah. I expected it to be around 60%. It's 65. actually lower than than what's millennial. 56% of millennials say that their mental health is good or excellent. And 45% of Gen Zers say their mental health is good or excellent. So, it, again, 70%, 51%, 56%, 45%. And then... This one shocked me when I read this, when you, you gave us this. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And just to clarify, that one was, that last data was from 2018. Okay. I, don't, I would be shocked if that went down just because of how much we know Gen Z struggles with it. But <clears throat> what we saw from the data and what's scary for me is Gen Z is – Gen Z and Millennial both are – well, Gen Z and Gen Xers are so low. Really, those top three are pretty low. But Gen Z is super low, right. 40, less than half of the Gen Zers, which is I think twenty and under, twenty ten to twenty year olds, right around there. Yeah, some some will go up to like even twenty two. Twenty two, okay. They almost make you a Gen Zer. Right, sure, sure, sure. So those are just some of the data that we've seen from October twenty twenty one. What we're going to do now is we're actually going to show a graph. Um, Bruce has it up. Um, okay. He'll put it up there. We're going to walk through a graph real quick. This is. How COVID nineteen has affected um, the all of the generations, and how it has, from a percentage wise, increased feelings of anxiety or depression, and how they have changed due to COVID nineteen. So, so yeah, so the light the, the light one there, the the tall bars pink. are basically somewhat worsened, and the red red ones are significant. Yeah, and you see all across the board. I mean, the lowest one is the silent generation, which I expected to be the lowest right. one. 7% even say significantly worsened mental health struggle since then. Yeah. You got the highest wor extremely worsened is Gen X, which again, 21% for Gen X. Yes. I mean, that's just crazy to right. me. Boomers, 10%. Gen Z, 19%. Millennials, 16%. And then the all generation average is a 15% increase. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, and I guess that brings a question of, of why in, in during the pandemic, and yep. I think we can all come up with reasons why, but yep. why do you think that that has happened during the pandemic? Yeah. And so, I mean, again. And it's kind of across the board. Right. Across the board. And there's even one. So there's one issue that's specific to just the boomer generation. And the biggest one was the economy and then the financial security. Right. And just seeing what was happening. Because, and that's something we've talked about with your generation that you guys care so much about um, economy right. and finances and how is our country doing right. as a whole stability and stuff. Yeah. Which makes sense. And it's just not something that really I, crosses I actually my even mind. Said not too long ago that my dad passed away two or three years ago. And mm. I, I said, you know what? He, he wouldn't even know how to react to what's going on right now really? in the country. Yeah. Yeah. He, he could have handled this. Hmm. Yeah. And that's something that's been pretty, especially the silent generation baby boomer. So that was right. one of the reasons why their mental health increased so much. Their sorry, their struggles for mental health increased. A couple of the other reasons, fear, sickness, and death was a big one. Yeah. Um, getting sick from COVID and then those older generations struggling with that. Uh, fear of losing control of the situation. 
This was another big one for Gen X, Boomer, and Silent Generation. Part of it was some of the mandates. Right. Part of it also was just this is one of those things where even if you are vaccinated, you can still get sick and spread the sickness. Right. And so it's that idea of there's not like 100% control. Well, that and, and I think part of it was just the, the confusion and even, you know, and I think, you know, people would say the CDC and, and there was, you know, here, exactly. Here's data one way. Oh no, no, we changed our mind. It's, it's this yep. way now, and now yep. there's all this confusion. Well, which way is it? Yep. And then, then there becomes okay. Well, the, the, you're not telling us the truth anyway. And then you've got the media that yeah, plays a role, exactly. and everything. Everything became political. Uh, yep. And so you've got this situation so where there's, there's no this, control whatsoever. Tension. tension. Yeah. Yeah. Susan says Gen X now is folks in their 40s and 50s. They have ailing parents, stressful jobs, kids to manage. No wonder stresses up. Amen. That's so true. That's great. So That's true. great insight there. Yep. And so another reason why um, along those lines that, you know, I found it that's causing anxiety and depression is job loss or being laid off during that time um, or a struggling economy and whatnot. Here's then here's a couple that have been really affecting the millennials and the Gen Z. These two things. I think mostly those generations, but I would argue that it, it affects across the board yes, again. Across the board. But the, mostly. Yep. This is why I think those suicide rates for the lower generations are so scary. Right. Um, because they didn't have the foundation that the older generations had established really prior to when technology and all that stuff. So right. that actually is one of them. One of the reasons why, so, why uh, mental health has become such an issue in our world is because too much technology. Right. I mean, science has shown that when you're spending time on social media and um, really just screen time in general, your mental health deteriorates. It ju- it, it's just across the board. You can look it up psychologically, scientifically. It's just when you are spending more time on screen time, mm-hmm. your mental health takes a hit. And then it's, you, just a, it's just a stat that is yep. Real it's just and, something that's been you know lo- that has been researched so, and, it, and it's a scary statistic because we're going into a technological only world right in a social media only and, world and, that, and you know you look at gen z and all the stats and things that are happening with them that's all they've ever known they yep. they were born into a world that that's i mean i look yep. at i watch even my granddaughter or three-year-old being able to scroll on a phone yeah. you know it's just um, amazing the way that they can just maneuver around. I mean, they've got online classes. They right. have whenever they miss school now, they don't have snow days. They still have to do in you yeah. know at home learning. So one of the reasons why the younger generation struggles so much, and it's subconsciously because it's one of the things that is very hard to avoid in a culture now that is centered around technology. Um, social media, though, too. You've got well, this is something Michael that uh, our executive pastor shared with us. He said, "Hey, when I used to have a problem at school, whether it was a bully." Or something I just didn't like. I could go home and know that I wouldn't be bothered. Now our younger oh, generations great insight. go home, and because of technology, you can't get away. You from can't it. get away from it. You can be messaged. You can be talked about on, and and then wondering if someone is talking wondering about if somebody. Me. Yep, yep. And that's a that's a brilliant observation. Yeah, and Never so that, that that's an issue. Then the the one area we really want to talk about. This tonight. is this is one that I think is most relevant. For the we've, whole had, we've been really talking about this a lot at, at lately. Yep, and this is how we've seen um, really the church, the universal church, affected the most, and that is lack of community. Right. Um, and we're taught when I say community for this purpose, I'm talking about in person community. Yep. Connection with other people live yep. and and face to face. Because as great as digital ministry is, okay, and we've said this so many times across the board, there's no replacement for in person community. Nope. Online community is great, 
and it will help you connect with people and stay connected. But at the end of the day, if you are looking for what's best, okay, if you're looking for the best thing, in-person community. And so this is one of those like double-edged swords, okay? And here's what I mean by that. Because when we've been talking with some of our teenagers uh, for youth group, they've shared, hey, I know that in-person community is the anecdote for how I'm feeling. The problem is, though, because of my social anxiety of, you know, being around big groups or being around active groups, I have as much anxiety going to those events as I do staying home. And so it's one of those double-edged swords where you know the solution is to be around people, but then sometimes the people causes the anxiety. Yeah, and and see, that's something, especially for uh, us older generations, we just don't get that at all. Right, sure. I mean, it, it, it's just something that is so foreign to us that we don't understand that. If you know the answer to the problem, then that's what you do. Yep. You know, you just, I don't, we, I don't get it. Yeah, I know. And it's one of those things where, especially when you're struggling with anxiety or depression or loneliness, and you become so overwhelmed, and then also there's, you know, something psychologically going on where your brain is literally convincing you of one way or another, or even some spiritual warfare. We've talked about that too. Of where, I think that is so true. You know, especially. If, yeah. 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 And so in those situations where the enemy is literally devouring generations or individuals who battle those things by convincing them that they're better off. Yeah. And the other thing that's happened through this whole time is that y- you get into COVID and, and the protocols and, and, you know, if you are a little bit fearful of getting out and what have you, you get out of habits. Oh, so true. You know, you, you get so out of the true. habit of, of, of going either to uh, the so church true. or and, – and, and I, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want you to think that, hey, we're, we're pushing, let's, let's go to church. That's not what we're about. No, we're talking about real community. Come I'll, on community. I'll even say, you know, small groups. Small groups. Now, there have some that are still continuing, but like even my small group, we, we have hardly gotten together. Hmm. We had a group of guys that just played pickleball. Mm-hmm. We, I was talking to somebody the other day. We haven't played for, for like nine months. Right. Just, and it's part of it is just because you've gotten out of the habit. Yep. You haven't made a priority. Yep. And now it's it, – but those things are so important mm-hmm. for your mental health to get back in. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that we – it's literally across the board. Every single time that someone shows up to a gathering, whether it is a church event or whether it is a small group event or a coffee shop or anything – Person who says, "Man, oh man, have I missed this? I didn't know how much I missed this." Yeah. And that's because we get so comfortable. We get so—I'll just say—we get so comfortable being anxious or being depressed that it's hard for us to imagine a better way. How many times do you think that you just don't even understand that that's what's driving it—the depression oh, or the anxiety or what have you? Three fourths of the time. And here's what I would easily. argue. Here's what I would argue is that uh, my generation, who has never been had the words to put with what they're feeling. Absolutely. And they say, well, we haven't had anxiety. You've had anxiety all along. Mm-hmm. You just haven't known it. Yep. And this is something I think that you've come to realization with for you personally. Yes. Barb and I have talked about this a lot with mm-hmm. both of us. As as part of mm-hmm. this is just flat out depression and or anxiety. Yep. And, and we just haven't known how to label it. Yep. But we've been feeling it all along. Yep. Because our generations, we couldn't talk about that. You know, right. you were weak if you if you talked about mental right. mental health. Right. And now you realize, well, that's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's what's been so cool about, like I said, about you and about our church is that we have been able to have these conversations. Right. Because um, one of the things, for a lot of you that know my story, I struggle a lot with anxiety and have struggled, battled depression, battled loneliness. Um, asking the question, am I always going to feel this way? Mm-hmm. The biggest question I think everyone feels when they are walking through 
uh, mental health because uh, it's one of those things that, again, you can get trapped in your mind quite a bit. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to bring up um, talking, I wanted to, you know, walk through this story real quick and then answer these two questions and then we'll see where we're at. But, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, um, that helped me. So you've got, we were talking about him, Elijah. Okay. In scripture, he's actually running from Jezebel. Okay. Yep. He had just performed this huge Unbelievable miracle. miracle. Unbelievable One of miracle. the coolest miracles in yeah. all of scripture. Um, where he basically made all of these pagans who were, you know, following other gods. And then flaunted it. Yeah. That's what was so funny. Made about them it. look stupid. Yeah. And then and flaunted about where's it. Where's your God? Yeah, where's your, where's yep. your God now? Yep. And so then anyway, <laughs> Jezebel gets wind of this and he's like, hey, she's like, hey, I'm going to go, you know, pursue and kill Elijah. One of the greatest prophets of all time. Yeah. And so Elijah goes... Under the broom tree. I wrote a blog about this. Hashtag ad. Under the broom tree. And he sits and weeps and he's like, and he's suicidal. After he has just watched God do one of the most amazing Amazing miracles miracles in in all of scripture, the next time you see him, he's depressed and suicidal. battling thoughts of suicide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God, take my life. Yep. I don't want to be here anymore. And if, if that's not a more obvious picture of what I think mental health feels like where you can see God work such amazing things one day and then you're depressed the next day. And I think that's honestly why it can be so discouraging and why you ask, okay, well, am I just always like, can I have two good days in a row? Like why, why can't I just always feel like that? Okay. Good. Okay. Um, and so it, it brought up a lot of questions, uh, questions about suicide, questions about depression, loneliness, and so what we wanted to transition into now is there's two questions we, wa- we got from some viewers in our email list, um, just about mental health and all that fun stuff. Uh, and so I, we wanted to spend the last few minutes just answering these questions um, and then encouraging you. So first question, Brad, is suicide a condemning choice? Okay, I think that's all the time we have right now. <laughs> <laughs> time to wrap her up. Uh, <laughs> You know, I saw this question, and and I really wanted to research more than than what I was, so I can give you some real solid um, biblical answer. I'm just going to give you my answer: is that that you know, no, it's not a condemning sin. Just there you go. That's right. all. That's all I'm going to say. And so the person that asked me this question in the email list, I responded back to them. I said, "Hey, quick response." No, we no. don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that. Uh, no, suicide is a condemning sin. I believe that God is uh, big enough and knows the heart of the individual. Exactly. You know, so. grace and the more... Redemption, you, grace. Redemption and grace, the more the more you, you see it and experience it and, and know it, it's, it, it's all-consuming. And, and again, um, it's so easy to, to try to get this in a box where you're trying to put God in a box and mm-hmm. everything's black and white. We had this talk tonight at dinner. Yep. And, and I think it's, this is one of those areas that it's very easy for someone to say, oh, black and white here, you know, Yep. And I don't, I don't even know where that came from because I, I remember hearing it many, many years ago that you know, someone could have been suicide, they're going to hell. Well, yeah, one of, the, one of the reasons why it gets brought up is because then someone will say, well, did they really ever have a relationship with God if they weren't willing to trust God through their struggles? And honestly, wow. how insensitive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and when you study and learn and know how much of a struggle – and honestly, psychologically, we're learning it's science. Like there's a chemical imbalance and stuff, and like the battle. You're like, wow. You wouldn't you wouldn't say these kind of things for people. Someone, if I if I die of diabetes, is it because I didn't trust God? Right, right. 
They're, exactly. Yeah. We I had a I had, I had someone in um in high school who stopped going to church. Her mom had died by suicide. She went to church that Sunday looking for hope. Yep. And the pastor shared with her, "You're never going to see your mom again because she's in hell." <laughs> a new ch- a new like goes to church to find hope, and that's what we're talking about. And so, and that's actually what I grew up believing. I'll just be honest. Yeah. You know, that, that's what the traditional, you know, teaching was right. because of, well, did you ever really have, you know, a relationship with God? And that was one of the things that in high school I, sh- I, I shared like that belief. And it wasn't until I got to college. I'm like, wow, Jordan, you are such a dummy. <laughs> like, is God really confined to that? Yeah. And again, it goes, you know, to your situations. It's like, man. If we're going to talk about that choice, which is a devastating choice, um, one that, you know, of all the survivors, this is a statistic I learned, nine out of ten survivors of their first attempt say that they immediately regretted their attempt. And, um, like, as they were attempting, as they were attempting, ask for a second chance. Nine of ten, 90%. Which, which survivors. I, I think this would be a great spot to just say, and, and you know, we don't know who's going to listen to this thing afterwards, what have you. But if you're in that kind of place, man, understand yes. that there is hope. Yep. And and you know, reach out to somebody, reach out to us, reach out yep. to whoever it is, you know, and and take a step. Yep. Here's the truth. Okay. Here's the truth. You might battle with mental health for your whole life. You just might battle it. Right. But you won't always feel the way you are feeling right now. Correct. Okay. You will have times of sadness. You will have times of depression. You will have thoughts of suicide. You might have times of anxiety, but there's so much stinking hope. And here's another going back to connection. Here's another, you know, that that's one of the solutions. And that is the, I would argue besides Jesus, the biggest solution is community connection, a a community that that supports you, understands you, loves you. Um, willing to talk to you in hard truths. Yep. You know, I'm not saying you need a community that's just going to, you know, yep. let you you wallow. Yep. You know, there might be some challenging things or what have you, but being with other people in community is absolutely crucial with this. Absolutely. Sierra, that is such a great point. And this is something that we learned in my studying as well. Sierra shared, I think most people who try suicide don't really want to die. And that's actually a a, f- that, a really accurate that's, point. That's a great statement. It honestly comes down to, and then she just responded again, they're just tired or hopeless. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Yes. It's, and that's how sad, saddening and scary and heartbreaking it can be is because it really has become like the last resort. Where it's, it, a lot of people think, well, man, they just gave up so easily. <laughs> oh my goodness. I wish you could know how much the battle is every single day. Yeah. And you've dealt with, you know, I have dealt with very few people who are, right. if any, uh, suicidal you on the other hand have dealt with many many people who a lot of have, young adults and and it the stories are just heartbreaking yeah and you see i mean i've got some young adults I'm, i've got one friend of mine who's who's suicidal who i'm walking with day in and day out right now um and i see this person's fight I'm like they don't want to kill themselves no they, that's the last thing in their mind they, they, that's why they're still breathing right now it's like sierra said there's no there's no hope it just comes down to they're not feeling and it's and it's not just that there's no hope it's that there's no hope day after day like it really has become that long of a battle and, and again and this isn't the whole story but i believe you know spiritual warfare is in part of that also. i agree especially with this generation right i think and yeah so yeah, great stuff. Hey, Patrick mentioned um, this scripture earlier, Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And that comes, I think, with 
community connection why it's so important for us to be intertwined with people and why i think jesus says where two or more are gathered you know there i am among them not just from a standpoint of like you know being able to experience god and and prayer and stuff but i think also there's something supernatural about community and connection and and, and here's what i would challenge anybody's listening and, and and watching right now is that we we have really tried to produce a lot of uh, connecting type of events. Yeah. Okay. Last Sunday we just did one worship night, mm-hmm. uh, and we only did in, we did in person only for worship night. Exactly. And 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 my guess is that that some people didn't come because well I just didn't feel like it. You know mm-hmm. I didn't want to. And I was I knew some people that I thought man if they would just come because of, of the funk that they're in what have you to come into a group of people to worship God. And again, yep. it's not it's not because hey we're trying to fill seats or what have you. I just I hurt for them. We so I, I desperately this, believe this was it would have been so important that they would have been able to come out and say you know what maybe things aren't as bad as what I think they are. Yep. And, and it's cra- it's crazy that, and this is one of the especially with depression, how like if I, I want to be careful about how I say this because there's sometimes you can try to do all the right things and you still can feel right depressed, but. What I've learned too is though, don't use that as a reason not to try. Right. Because for me, in my depression or anxiety, more times than not, it's usually not the first thing I do that helps me feel better that day. But if I try a second or a third thing, the relief is, you know, it's incredible. And so what I was sharing with is, a lot of times that first step to come into community, man, it is almost for some reason. Something supernatural about it. Community and person, for the most part, in a worship setting, is one of the biggest reliefs. Right. And again, there is the social. There are people who struggle with social anxiety, and I think that in and of itself is another mountain to tackle mm-hmm. in a different way. Mm-hmm. But um, what we've noticed is that uh, more times than not, when people come to our, not just our stuff. Go to a movie with friends, coffee shop. It's like, sure. I didn't realize how much I missed this. Yes. How much I needed this. Yep. And it's incredible. So, hey, last question for the night. So what are your thoughts on just pray away your mental illness? And this actually, just prayed away, has actually was actually a common response for a lot of things in the 80s. You know what I think stemmed from there is that we one is back then we didn't understand the disease, right. if you will. Right. And you don't know how to treat it yep. or you don't know what to do because it's such a brand new thing on the medicine street. wasn't as accessible no, counseling wasn't, wasn't nearly as accessible no idea yep you know and so and the, the church only, was huge in the city you had the huge movement televangelist 60s yes. 70 so and so it obviously has to be a spiritual problem yep and so just just pray away yep we know so much more now yep. than what we did back then that you know obviously this is as i said it's you wouldn't say that you don't you just don't pray away diabetes you don't pray away heart mm-hmm. disease you don't pray away there's no difference yep and so here's one thing that we will say is prayers so important Huge. with mental health absolutely yep but what we're saying is that a response like this is insensitive <laughs> <laughs> just pray it away that's, that's, that's saying it very nicely <laughs> yeah when you say something that just like yeah you wouldn't tell a marathon runner hey just hydrate. <laughs> How about you train a little? Like there's there's different things. Like hey, we're in a battle. Yes. This is anxiety. Don't just pray it away. Pray, and then seek professional help. Seek medicine. Seek counseling. Seek journaling. Seek devotional. Seek community. Like at the end of the day, like 
part and and this is something I'm a huge advocate on. Okay, your mental health journey is your mental health journey. Right. Okay, you're not going to solve this just waiting for it to go away. It's not going to just go away. No. Okay. If you're not proactive. If you're not proactive, you're, you're, it's it's going to yep. get worse, not better. Yep. And and that's coming from someone who I'm daily fighting some of those things. Okay. You have to take those steps. Don't be insensitive to those who are struggling to take steps at all right. by just saying, mm, man, if you just did this, you'd feel better. Sometimes they just do that and it doesn't work for them. You know, and, and, and for those of us in, in you know, my generation and things that aren't used to dealing with this, this topic or, or someone that, that is having anxiety issues, social anxiety, mental health, whatever it is. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, you know, we we have a tendency just to kind of blow it off, mm-hmm. and and even if you don't understand it, you can still be a support. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's yep. man, I don't understand how you're feeling. Yep. But yep. how can I help you? Oh, that's so good, Brad. That is so good because, I, like you just shared, I think the biggest hiccup for not just older generations, but then even people who don't struggle with mental health mm-hmm. and then just don't want to learn about mental health because it doesn't affect them. The biggest thing you can say, rather than trying to fix the situation for right. someone, because that's usually our response is, how can I fix you? Right. How can I walk alongside you? Yeah. If you can just flip those yeah. words around. How, how can I help you? Because, how can I help you? Yeah, and, and I, I tell you, I think you see an immediate difference of, of relationship in that. Oh, yeah, because and that person will start trusting you. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of community, Mildred just shared something so cool. She said, there is an inexplicable sense of peace that comes with fellowship and community, it relieves burdens. And that's someone in in this industry. Yep. That's saying that. Someone yep. Someone who is a licensed counselor who does this for a living. Right. And uh what's so cool about the Church of Acts and the Church of Ephesus and even the Corinthians and the Galatians is that they were churches that like you were literally living with the church. Like it was your community. It, it was it, your it was small town. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, they were doing life together. They were breaking bread together. They were battling demons together. They were praying together and worshiping together and talking together. I think there's something there. Yeah, yeah. Something in it, like like Mildred said, some an inexplicable sense of peace that comes with it. You can't be an island. Yeah, you're not going to survive. The, the mm. Life was not meant to be, and the Christian life alone. and the Christian walk was never meant yep. to be done in in solitude. So true. Yeah. So Drew, hey, that's such good stuff. We could talk about this so long. Uh, we could just keep going on and on and on. We'll end with this. Bruce just shared it in the chat. Galatians six two. Carry each other's burdens, and in this mm-hmm. way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Great stuff. What it what it comes down to. Not how can I fix you? How can I walk with you? How can I carry with you? Yeah. Okay. It's so good. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for uh, staying with us, Dennis, for the duration of wow, the time. Wow, he kickoff. Uh, well, he probably is on in the background. Um, thank you so much. This is one of those great talks. I want to end by just saying if you are struggling, reach out. And you Please. don't feel comfortable sharing in the chat, private message myself, private message Brad, private message our Crossbridge page. Um, we will connect you with professional help. Um, if it is, you know, you don't needed, have to, you don't you don't have have to, to fight do this alone. alone. Yep, you don't have to. I... Again, I str- uh, quite a few of our staff members struggle with mental health. This is not news for us. Right. Okay, So we'd love to walk with you. We'd love to carry with you. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking, not next week, sorry, uh, December 5th, I think it is, because next week's holiday week. First. Or December 2nd. 2nd. 
second. Yes, the week before our business meeting. Okay. I don't know. One of the next times, our next episodes, we are talking about the deconstruction of faith. Oh, I can't wait for this. Yeah, one. this is something Brad's been excited about. I am excited about this. So, one. hey, thanks for tuning in. Um, we hope to catch you next time. Have, Have a, great a great rest of your evening. Yep. Have a great Thanksgiving. And, I forgot and about hey, that. Hey, if you need some community, Jordan is teaching. I am teaching on Sunday. This Sunday. So I'd love, We'd love to, to have you in. connect. Yep. Hey, have a great rest of your evening, everyone. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.